Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. This is Manny Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. We have a jam-packed show lined for you. If you want to get in touch with me, you want the hotline, you want the email, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, because I didn't send out the newsletter. I am remiss in that fact. However, it is the second Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means in the first hour. The creator of the most heavily trafficked and most popular barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth... Meathead Goldwyn 
reemerges. Excited to talk to Meathead. Lots to talk about. We have some AmazingRibs.com catch-up stuff, some internal working, some new hires that he has going on that we can talk about. And also, we did a big Facebook thing on Ask Meathead some questions or questions you would like to ask Meathead that him and I can talk about. So 914 and 935. And then we will go ahead and go to the second hour where we will have none other than former NFL tight end great for both the Atlanta Falcons and Cincinnati Bengals, Reggie Kelly. Kaivon82.com. He's got three new sauces that are out. He gave me an advanced preview. My sound is low. What is going on with my level here? I mean, I sound super loud in my ears, but for whatever reason, my uh, channel doesn't seem to be picking up. There we go. Maybe I accidentally put that down, but now we're uh, we're back up and running. Sorry about that. So, Reggie Kelly will be joining us at 9, I'm sorry, at 10.14 to talk about some new sauces. Well, it's been about three years since he's been on, so we'll get a little backup on what his company's about and how he started it, what the vision is, all that good stuff, but definitely going to be hitting the sauces. And I will be giving my unabashed review of his new applesauce, uh, apple-flavored barbecue sauce, cherry-flavored barbecue sauce, and sweet potato pie. Huh? Sweet potato pie. So, looking forward to talking with Reggie. Then, to end the show this past weekend in Smithfield, Virginia, there was the Smithfield Barbecue Classic that took place. Here to recap and talk about some other things that are going on in the brand's world. Emily Detweiler of Smithfield. So, looking forward to that. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ, centralshow.com. Hey, the show's on, so let all of your friends know through social media channels like Facebook or the Twitter that you need to get their attention and you would like them to tune in right now live on the show. A couple different websites to send them to. Of course, the main clearinghouse for anything is my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. That gets you the live audio stream. If you would like to introduce them to the video side of things, and why wouldn't you? You can send them over to the longtime video syndication partner of this show, or cookingchannel.com slash watch dash now. That's the quickest way to find me, and that's the live feed URL. Or if you have Roku or some other type of internet protocol television device, you can go to that particular platform's app store and search for Outdoor Cooking Channel. If you're lucky enough to find within that app store that Outdoor Cooking Channel is there, download it. And then you can get the full live stream plus all of the archives of this show plus a number of the other shows that Kevin Bevington has on OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Very fun, very easy to do. Roku, very nice for the fact that you can watch it live right there on the television or however you have it set up in your particular instance. So have at it. And again, not just Roku, but a lot of these other IP television things. So check it out. Download it if you want. See me on high definition. Maybe that's not such a good thing. I don't know. We'll see. Here's what I want to bring up. If you remember the show last week, at the very end of the show, helping me close it out, was a guy by the name of Pepper Morgan 
who is the proprietor of Pepper's Barbecue and Soul Food Restaurant out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Literally hours before the show hit the air, I was able to grab him on the phone and say, hey, would you like to come on? Remember, this is the guy that had his barbecue pit stolen right from out in front of the restaurant, loaded down with briskets and pork butts, 1,700-pound custom cooker, by the way. I don't have a specific update, but I did want to mention that what a great interview he was, number one. Number two, if you missed it, don't forget you can subscribe to this show via podcast, which I highly suggest. So when you miss any segments of the show or if you would just like to go back, maybe listen to it live and you enjoyed it so much, you'd like to go back and listen to it again. You can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play and Google Music and all the other podcast directories, however you get them. And go back and listen to that segment. It was absolutely spectacular, very upfront with what exactly happened. And that happened on a Saturday night going into Sunday, if I remember correctly. Thinking that perhaps all signs leading to an inside job, but then hearing him talk about support of the community, people just kind of giving him money, that he didn't want to start a GoFundMe account like everybody else does that loses something in this world. Give me the handout. Give me the handout. He's like, hey, I don't want to be that guy that makes ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars off a GoFundMe account and then somebody sees me in the market store buying a twelve pack of beer or gambling in a casino and the media thought is, well, he might be using some of that GoFundMe money in order to have a little recreation time. Didn't want to be a part of that, which is highly commendable, as I'd said. A lot of people don't think like that anymore. It's always gimme, gimme, gimme. But not Pepper Morgan. So again, if you missed it, definitely worth going back. And checking it out. Now, here's a hot new topic that I have confirmed with the Texas barbecue correspondent for this show, Doug Scheiding. It was actually brought up last year, towards the end of last year, if I'm not mistaken. The IBCA is getting ready to have its year end meeting. There's going to be new presidential voting that's going to be on. I believe there is some rumblings that there are folks, believe it or not, that are. Not happy with the current president and how things may or may not be running. I think Craig has done an absolutely fantastic job as a forward thinker, but of course, doesn't take it from anybody either. So it's sad that everything has to be political these days, but if you have somebody that is pushing the vision of the organization forward and doing it in the right way, that might be the thing that you want to weigh most. But secondary to that, we had a lot of talk on this show all over social media about how the KCBS was potentially tossing around the idea of allowing liquid propane gas cookers into the competition arena. This not allowing fuel source, this restricting fuel sources. Yes, once again, there is talk of banning pellet cookers in the IBCA. It has been brought up for discussion. It's got to go through the ranks once more. So you have your local divisions. And I guess if it's got enough votes, it makes it all the way up to the IBCA meeting. And then it has to go into vote from there. But that is something that has been talked about again. And we will see if this time it holds any more water. I think the overwhelming thought is that while you have some staunch old school people who find uh, both draft controllers and pellet cookers to be kind of not hip and they would like to have them done away with. 
that by and large, uh, there will be a lot of talk about this. Actually, not as much talk as I thought there would be, to be honest, but it won't end up passing in the long run. I mean, look, some of the top pitmasters in the IBCA are using pellet cookers, and I would be the first one to say that of all of these sanctioning bodies, if the IBCA were to get rid of pellet cookers, the vast majority of the IBCA cookers can cook on other devices, whether it be charcoal-driven or, of course, the offsets. Offsets really big in the Texas barbecue competition scene. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Doug Scheiding keeping an ear on the ground in Texas. Always appreciate his support and information to the show. Before we get to Meathead Goldwyn, let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. Gang, if you need to get your hands on a new automatic temperature control device and ceramic cooker, look no further than the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market this year. We're talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and CyberQ Cloud, just launched by the Barbecue Guru a handful of weeks ago. This is the world's first temperature-controlled ceramic cooker and grill with a built-in power draft fan. It's going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience currently on the market today. These must-have new product items, making barbecue easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time. Ready to buy? Who's not? Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last. If you have any questions about what to order, please give them a call at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU or visit their website, bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology, and I did book Bob Trudnack at the end of the month, I believe on the 29th, and we will talk in depth about CyberQ Cloud and the Monolith Cooker and everything that it comes with. Very exciting stuff. Looking forward to that. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, get ready for Meathead Goldwyn. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Can't find my mouth. There it is. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield, and they want to give you the opportunity to win five thousand dollars by doing what you do best grilling just grill share and score find out how easy it is at smithfieldgetgrilling.com that's smithfieldgetgrilling.com of course more information coming from emily detweiler at 10 35 this evening so get ready for that all right, my next guest can be found here on this show the second Tuesday each and every month. He is the creator of the largest barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth, nay, the universe. Meathead Goldwyn, of course. Meathead, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg, and hello, Centralites. So here we are, another Tuesday. That's Pepper Morgan, by the way. Did you hear, uh, did you hear his interview last week? 
No, but I just heard you recap it. I'm going to go listen to it. That hit me. That that's kind of cool. Um, I can I, I can see where he's coming from. I, I I sure hope they don't catch up with me though. Uh oh, what are you saying? <laughs> no, I did not take his pit. Yeah, well, I, I can't imagine you made it from New Mexico all the way over to the uh, the suburbs of. Chicago, Illinois, without being noticed. That would be a hard feat. Actually, I'm going to be in New Mexico um, August 24th through 27th really? at the Angel Fire Resort. Harry, Sue, and I are headlining an event down there um, where it's, it, it, it's barbecue and wine, and they've got some chuck wagon cooks, and it looks like a pretty classy event. It's their first time at it, but I hear that this Angel Fire Resort, it's about a three-hour drive north of Santa Fe, mm -hmm. is supposed to be just gorgeous up in there, horseback riding. I'm looking forward to actually getting a, a little downtime in the uh, in, in the hot tub or something like that. Uh, but Harry and I are going to be doing a, a couple of demos, and we're, we're going to be cooking lunch for a couple of hundred people. Uh, so it should be fun. Harry Sue is kind of become known for the least amount of cooking footprint you can possibly have, at least on the competition side. Is he going to be uh, trying to be as minimalist as possible here, or will he be utilizing whatever's at the Angel Fire? Probably, I think he's going to probably use what's at Angel Fire. But you're right. I mean, you've got to admire oh, it's crazy. a guy who continues to rack up points, win money, uh, on a one or two Weber Smoky Mountains, um, I don't think he's using temperature controllers. Um, he's just, he understands flavor, he understands presentation, he understands judges, and he just knows how to cook. I, I mean, I'm glad I don't go up against him. All right, Meathead, so a couple things before we get into the uh, question and answer portion of our segments here this evening. A little housekeeping as far as Amazing Ribs is concerned, and I don't know what we're allowed to talk about and what we're not allowed to talk about, but I believe... You can talk about anything. Anything. All right. So product testing, of course, we all know that Max Good is the keeper of the flame at AmazingRibs.com. Yeah, yeah. You see him on this show every fourth Tuesday of the month. Yeah. But products, accessories, you know, it's big business. I think when we get right down to it at the end of the day... And after years of having one cooker, maybe all the accessories that we have accumulated might outcost the actual cooker <laughs> itself. So what are you doing in terms of accessory reviews and, and keeping up on that? Because it's ever evolving. We, we boys do have to have our toys. And you too, Sylvie. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we love the gadgets, the gimcracks, the accessories. Uh, um, but it goes beyond that. I mean, uh, kitchen knives coolers um we uh, max as you mentioned works full-time for us testing grills and smokers um and uh he does a pretty good job of kicking the tires on them and uh, rating and evaluating them agreed and um we've got a guy named bill mcgrath he used to be the chief electrical engineer at um uh exxon Mobil, and he's retired traveling around the country with his significant other in a winnebago type device uh -huh. And uh, we bought him some fancy electronic equipment that measures how precise a thermometer is and how, a and how fast it reads. And he tests thermometers for us. And he, we've got 
couple hundred thermometer reviews and ratings from him. And we've just brought on board somebody who many of your listeners may know, Rick Brown. Um, Rick is a genuine PhD, doctor of barbecue philosophy, as named by KCBS. There are only, uh, there are fewer than 30 PhDs in the world. How do you get Art that? Davis, exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to poo poo on PhDs, but how do you get a PhD? Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I think <laughs> you have to be nominated by a PhD. You have to do some sort of an essay. I think you have to write something, and you have to have a trail or a record of impact on barbecue. It's, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure. I think it's more transparent than the Hall of Fame, which I've never figured out how that works and who judges that and why you're not in there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Mostly the last part. But... Uh, um, the KCBS does the PHB thing, and uh, it's pretty transparent and it's pretty cool. Uh, it's an honor, um, and uh, actually, I'm gonna I I, I I ought to talk to him and figure out how to how to get nominated. I'd like to take a crack at it. Sure. Um, but um, uh, Rick is gonna take charge of testing accessories like all the gadgets we use outside of thermometers and. Um, uh, also kitchen equipment, uh, knives, blenders, cutting boards. Oh, wow. He's starting out with, um, these new super coolers, you know, the Yetis and the Pelicans, these big, I have a Pelican 45 quart that I used on the 4th of July. The temperature was in the mid to high eighties. Yeah. I put 20 pounds of ice and a bunch of drinks in there, left it out in the yard and I left it there for a week, and a week later, there was still ice in that sucker. Man, these guys are impressive. So he's gonna he's gonna get about a dozen of those and pound on them with hammers, drop them from ladders, um, put ice in them, and see how long it takes for it to melt. And we we'll give it the real gopher and uh, try to come up with a uh, comparative rating for them. So Rick is on board full-time now. So we have two full-time product testers, Max and Rick. Um, Bill is our thermometer guy. He's part-time. And uh, we're really amping up the product review section of AmazingRibs.com. You're kind of like the prototypical and or textbook definition of small business. Here you are, a guy that is started this website and grown it and the traffic was there and it was kind of that uh, normal ad-driven revenue type of a thing and then you had to change with the times but all the while be staying relevant staying at the top of Google ranks doing all the stuff that you do you've you've had you have uh, editors and you have product testers on all different various points and I mean, you're, you are in the employ of a number of people, and, I mean, that's really kind of cool when you stop and it, think it about is. it. You people out there have created seven full-time jobs, including mine. Wow. wow. And uh, there must be another half a dozen folks who freelance part-time various things like Bill. Um, uh, you do a pit cast for us in the Pitmaster Club, which I love. 30-minute uh, interviews, news, and segments. Um, I don't know how many people know that Clint Cantwell, who used to run the Kingsford site, yep. he joined us full-time in January as our lead writer. We're moving the site onto a new content management system, which is 
technical for a way to organize the information and a new server, hopefully in the next 30 to 40 days. And once that's done, you should see a flood of new content, new recipes. Mm. Uh, it's all sitting in, in the hangars waiting to get online. So that should be really cool. We're ramping up for uh, next spring. Uh, we think we're going to have just a, a lot of good new content from a lot of sources. Um, it should be a lot of fun. We're just having fun, man. It started. You, you've heard the story. You've interviewed me before. It was just me and a barbecue and, and a rib recipe, and then I did a couple of more rib recipes, and then we added pulled pork and brisket, and then steaks, and it it's just fun. And we're having fun, and we're I think we're doing quality work, and um, uh, making a living. I mean, I uh, you know I'm I'm never I'm not going to get rich, but I'm making a living. My wife's redoing the kitchen, so that'll give you an idea. Um, you don't redo the kitchen unless you're making a living. Yeah. Uh, well, she makes a living too, though I should say. Uh, but um, you know, it's 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 just great fun. And the cool thing is, is the way it has come about. Because you mentioned in the early days, advertising was what drove small websites like ours. That's tanking. There's not a lot of money in advertising anymore. What's really driving us is our private section called the Pitmaster Club and members who pay to join. We have, I think, a good value for them. Yeah. We deliver something in exchange for their payment, but they're supporting us and they know that. Um, and, uh, you know, we're not asking for a handout. Um, I tried that maybe seven or eight years ago. I said, support us with a $30 donation and we'll send you a baseball cap. And I shut that down. I just didn't like <laughs> asking for donations. But now we're delivering good, good, good value. So, but enough about me. Uh, let's talk about where's your hair. Uh, well, I uh, took a, uh, you know, shears and I just cut it all off. There it goes. Here's what I've. Uh, here's what I've. Savalas look. Yeah, but here's what I've always said. I'm not gonna be the guy that is going to hold on to every last single strand of hair. In fact, I would preemptively take all of my hair off to not even be potentially considered to be the guy that might be hanging on. If my hairline's retreating quicker than the French army, I say just get rid of it and be done. I mean, and plus, you got to see what you got under there. I mean, if you have pointy tips and crevices and cracks, then, you know, you got to figure out something else to do. But I'm, you know, pretty much nice and smooth, so it's good. I think it's a good look on you. Uh, I keep telling my niece cuts my hair. She's a professional. And I keep telling her, when it starts to look like a comb over, you let me know. Yeah. I mean, I uh, we're not going to do a comb over. No, I would never want to be in that situation of somebody thinking, even remotely thinking that. So uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. All right, so here's a question from Steve Ray. He's one of my embedded correspondents in the Tennessee section of the country. Hello, Steve. What's your very first experience of barbecue research that started you down the path of live fire immortality? Is it the, <laughs> is it the rib recipe, or, or I guess what is the, the first research thing that you did? Um, that's a really interesting question. I, I, very soon after I started getting into low and slow cooking, I'd always been a griller. Um, I mean, it goes way back to early college days. Um, uh, that would have been during World War One. Um, <laughs> but um, 
when I started getting in a low and slow, I wanted to, all my neighbors had um, gas grills and I wanted to figure out how to do low and slow on a gas grill. So I just started experimenting and I started working with water pans because I just had this sense that the water would condense on the cooler meat. And um, uh, I had this sense that the particles in smoke would stick to wet surfaces. And so I started experimenting with that. But I, I think the real breakthrough was when Dr. Blonder um, wrote to me uh, because I had written something wondering aloud what caused the barbecue stall. Yeah. And he, he, he was a physicist who was interested in barbecue. And we began this conversation and we talked about how we might find out. And he set up some experiments. So it was really his work that we discussed together. I really shouldn't be considered a collaborator on it other than just someone he bounced ideas off of and I responded. But when he cracked the code, when he figured out what causes the stall, which is, in case you're not clear, you haven't heard the, the news, it's, it's evaporative cooling. It's just the heat from the air is warming the meat at the same rate that it cools from evaporation and um, it just holds at a steady temperature until the surface dries out, the water stops evaporating from the surface, and then the interior temperature can rise from the hot air, or actually from the heat buildup in the outside surfaces of the meat. And he proved it beyond a shadow of doubt, and we have the research documents and stuff up on our website. And that really caught a lot of people's eyes, and that began our collaboration where we started asking questions like, why do we soak wood? And uh, that was, I think, the first experiments that I did was weighing wood before and after, cutting wood in half, checking the smoke that it was generating and discovering it was mostly uh, steam and stuff like that. So I, I'm not a scientist. I, I, I have an interest in the sciences. I've oh I mean I I, I you know I, I won my high school science fair but I, I you know <laughs> I, 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 but uh, I, I'm a journalist by trade I actually went to school for journalism and journalists ask the same question scientists do how do you know this to be true when you say something the question that you have to ask is how do you know this to be true what's your evidence what's your factual support right. Let me ask you this question with four minutes. Hot button over the last couple weeks. Uh, you're not a competitor. I'm not a competitor, but we can certainly trade stories on it and ideas. KCBS has talked about potentially bringing up the idea of allowing gas cookers into the competition scene. And there's been a lot of, no way, we don't want gas cookers. There's been some talk about some safety concerns, things like this. From a high level, do you have an issue at this point with gas cookers being allowed? And if you would allow gas cookers, my contention would be allow electric cookers as well. Cookshack makes a really great electric cooker that a lot of people use in the home industry. Why not? I think it has to do with what you're trying to say. I, I love, I see you wearing Big Papa's shirt. I love what um, Sterling Ball is doing. Uh, I forget the king of the smokers. This event where everybody has to cook with charcoal and wood, no electronics, no temperature controllers. You can use a thermometer. 
I really love that idea of going back to our roots and um, I mean, why not go back to whole to, to, to cooking logs yeah. with logs? Um, and uh, uh, and I, I love that idea. Um, let's see if you can control fire. Let's see if you can manage flavor. So I'm really fond of that. On the other hand, I personally really don't care how you get to the goal line, um, whether it's running, passing, kicking, whatever, as long as you score. And I just care about serving great tasting food. So I don't care if you cook it on a pellet smoker, on a gas smoker, or an electric smoker. And I think the fact that KCBS does allow pellets really is the camel's foot in the tent because um, you're, you've got electricity involved. You can't run a pellet smoker without electricity. Right. It's digitally controlled. Right. <clears throat> um, so if you're going to allow that, I don't see why you don't allow gas and electricity. If you don't allow pellet smokers, then I think you have an excuse not to allow gas and electricity. In other words, I don't see that there's a big difference between the three. There are some that would contend <coughs> that pellets are allowed because it is a wood fuel source. Mm -hmm. And my contention is, well, big deal. I can put wood chunks in an electric smoker. I mean, technically it's not combusting, but it's generating wood smoke. And you're all doing the same thing. You're turning it on and setting a temperature, and that's it. I think we're it. splitting hairs here. Yeah, but I think the, okay. I, the lack of need to manage a fire, I think, then takes the term pitmaster away to a certain degree because I think everybody should have the ability to start, manage, and maintain a fire. Well, if that's the goal, and I think that's a pretty noble goal. Sure. If that's the goal then I fear that our beloved friends and I – I mean, I do almost all my recipe development on a, on a pellet cooker. Mm -hmm. I, I, my Mac 2 Star is my best friend because I have to be able to publish a recipe and say approximately how long it will take at what temperature. Right. And these babies deliver for me. And I like the flavor very much too. Yep. Um, and a, a few years ago, I think they were really doing well on the circuit. I think that nowadays the jambos and the big stick burners are doing really well. But um, I, 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 I would say that, you know, you should view the three uh, as similar. All right, Meathead, we're going to uh, do a break here real quick, and then we'll come back with a lot more Facebook questions. We're talking with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. So stick around. Didn't mean to do that. So stick around for a little bit more chat with Meathead in the next segment. We'll get to your questions that you left on Facebook. I'll talk to you quickly about Butcher's Barbecue. Grilling season is rocking and rolling right now, and the place to head for all your barbecue and grilling needs is Butcher Barbecue. Certainly we know by now the Butcher's carries a great selection of award-winning barbecue products, but their portfolio of grilling items continues to expand as well. You've heard me talk about grilling oils. Of course, I really believe these products are changing the way people cook forever. These items are shelf-stable, don't require refrigeration like a lot of the other butters do that you'll find out there. With grilling oils, all you need to do is leave them by the stove or take them out to the grill and then use as needed. 
Need a butter kick? They got butter flavor. You want a chipotle kick or a steakhouse kick? They have those flavors as well. And here's how I use them. The flavors aren't aggressive, so you can build layers of flavor as you flip. Then, when I take that steak or burger off, I hit it with a thin layer of grilling oil right before it hits the table. And perfection. And because they're shelf-stable, as I had mentioned a couple minutes ago, they're never out of sight, out of mind. A lot of times you put stuff in the refrigerator, you got to store it somewhere else outside of the light. Kind of forget about it. Never resting. Dave always in the flavor lab coming up with new stuff. Of course, that new item right now that I'm using all the time is grilling addiction seasoning, available for sale at butcherbbq.com. Lastly, dealers wanted, if you currently own a barbecue and grilling supply store and you don't carry the butcher lineup, and I wonder who those people are, What are you waiting for? Hit up butcherbbq.com, request information on how to become a dealer for them today. Not only will Dave thank you, but your customers will reap the rewards by getting these fine products in their hands to try it for themselves. These products are extensively tested both in the backyard and on the competition trail, so you know they're going to deliver the goods. Head on over to butcherbbq.com and check out all the products. You'll be happy that you did. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. All right, we're back with more Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James of Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big one in the house, a lot of food, they got one for you. Maybe medium size, got you covered there too. Something to take on tailgates, almost tailgate season. They got you covered there in that size. They can also supply you with pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out online at greenmountaingrills.com. I tell you what I'm using a lot right now. Just this past Friday is the pizza insert. Love that thing. Cheap too, like hundred and some bucks great addition to your green mountain grill jim Bowie or daniel boone you got to check it out at greenmountaingrills.com all right we are chatting it up here with meathead goldwin from amazingribs.com as we turn to facebook and answer all of your hotly asked questions and now of course i actually have to find that post that i made so i could ask you all of the pertinent questions here, Meathead. So, uh, Don't let's get see. Don't check your phone. I gave out the phone number. Oh, yeah. 216. Uh, well, if you want to get in touch with the show, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com on the Twitter and Instagram at BBQCentralShow. All right. So, from uh, this is another one from Steve Ray, by the way, since we're going right down from top to bottom. In your honest opinion, best lump charcoal? Oh, this is um, this is one that I've discussed at length, and oh. people immediately accuse me of being on the Kingsford payroll. Um, Do they make a lump charcoal? I don't use lump. Oh, okay. I use briquettes. Uh-oh. First of all, I know that briquettes don't make a lot of smoke. Um, lump is made by carbonizing big chunks of wood. And we don't know what those woods are. And some of those lumps are carbonized thoroughly and they burn cleanly. Some of them are not carbonized thoroughly and they burn with a lot of smoke. For me, Harry Sue once said it, charcoal is for heat, wood is for flavor. 
I want neutral flavored burning charcoal. I don't want my lump charcoal making smoke of unknown origin. I want to put the wood flavor that I want down. And you have all these chunks of different size. I have a whole article on the website about how charcoal is made, um, what's the difference between lump and briquettes, why I prefer briquettes. One of the reasons I prefer briquettes is each brick is a measured amount of energy. So 80 briquettes fills up a Weber chimney. 40 briquettes is half the amount, half the energy. It's measurable. With lump, you have big chunks, little chunks. We don't know the wood that's in there. We don't know how well carbonized it is. There's a lot of powder in the bag, and readers are constantly sending me pictures of metal, plastic, and other foreign objects in the bags of lump. I do not want to burn plastic. I do not want to set fire. That We got a, 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 um, a piece of uh, computer wire that somebody just sent me that was in a bag of lump. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I've got a picture of it. It's not the wire, it's the connector. It, it, it's one of the old, I forget what they're called now, but it's an old big wide um, metal electric connector and it's got pieces of wire attached um, <laughs> and it's covered with black dust so you might not see it easily. But we have a picture of it on the website. People send these to me all the time. Um, so I prefer um, briquettes. Now I know wow. briquettes have additives. I know that they have, but I've looked at the list of additives, and they're relatively uh, harmless. I, I mean, as near as I can tell, they're harmless. <clears throat> they're, most of them are just binders, like um, uh, cornstarch. Um, I mean, I'm not worried about burning cornstarch. Um, I mean, if you're really, really, really worried about health, then stop smoking your food. Stop grilling it outdoors. I mean, I, one of these days, I just live in fear that the government is going to come out with research that smoked foods are bad for you. Um, uh, but, you know, I just, I don't worry about it. I want to, we talked about fire control a minute ago yep. uh, in competitions. I am all about control. I want total control when I'm cooking, <clears throat> just like I have indoors. And for me, I get it with briquettes, not lumps. So I don't have a favorite lump. I've played with it. I read the Naked Whiz. He's got great lump tests. I just, I, I prefer charcoal for heat, wood for flavor. No part of it. All right. Uh, Josh Pruitt asks, commodity pork versus specialty pork? And a sub-question to that, pre-injected versus old naturel. Boy, this is a tough question. Um I mean, these are really interesting questions because for myself, um, I like playing with the specialty porks and experimenting with some of the heritage hogs, some whose flavor I really like. Sometimes they get a little funky for me, um, but they're interesting because I love to experiment. I don't, I, that's just my nature. Mm -hmm. I don't often go back to the same restaurant over and over. I often try new restaurants. So I'm always trying new things on the go. Oh, man, I have made some disasters. Just ask my <laughs> wife. <clears throat> I mean, there, you, you cannot believe how many bad meals I have served. Um, uh, but, um, um, you know, I, I, my local neighborhood, Ralph's Pretty Good Grocery, is sells commodity pork. And I just like it just reliable. I like the briquettes. 
it, it doesn't often soar to the heights. I mean, I, I, I remember Barry Sorkin at Smoke Barbecue here in Chicago once served my first taste of Berkshire hog pork butt. Yeah. And I'll never forget, my knees buckled. It was just so good. Um, now, he's a good cook to begin with. But um, so uh, now the bigger question, though, is, is how do you feel the, feed, feed the world? Um, uh, I mean, the world cannot afford organic food. Um, uh, a lot of s poor people uh, in this country, middle class people, not necessarily poor people, can't afford organic and heritage breeds, not to mention people in Africa and South America where, uh, who are living on a subsistence or below subsistence level. So, you know, commodity pork farming um, has done tremendous good in the world. Now, is it humane? A lot of it is not. And it would be nice if we could find better ways to produce commodity pork. It would be nice if um, they could do away with uh, uh, some of the uh, cages that the female hogs are kept in when they give birth. Um, but, you know, they, you, you talk to pork farmers and they say, you have to confine the, the, these sows because if you don't, they're going to roll over and squash the babies. Now, which is worse, confining mom or squashing the babies? I don't know these answers. These are tough questions. So, you know, I, I mean, we have to think about sustainability of food, but we also have to think of sustainability of humanity. And um, I, I think that the big pork producers have done a tremendous job of feeding uh, the world at a reasonable price. I mean, you look at the price of pork, it's not a lot higher than it was 20, 30 years yeah, ago. Chicken right. is almost the same price it was when I was in college. That's not true for gasoline, for houses, for stocks and bonds. For beef. I mean, for beef, it's incredible. Um, so um, what we have to do is encourage them to do better at what they're doing. Um, and And if there's enough demand for some of these heritage breeds to increase the herd size so that when we want uh, Duroc or Berkshire or Red Waddle or something like that, it's not an arm and a leg to buy it. And I think we're moving in that direction. I really do. All right, Meathead, next question coming from Sylvie Curry. We love Sylvie. When, Hi, Sylvie. I see she's in the audience tonight. When cooking pork or brisket hot and fast... Why do you have to reach a higher temperature to get the meat tender compared to a low and slow cook? Uh, Sylvie, it, it, help me with the question. I was, I was, I was tickling uh, in my throat. To a higher temperature than with low and slow? When cooking pork or brisket hot and fast, why do you have to reach a higher temperature internally? to get the meat tender compared to a low and slow. So I am guess she's saying when she's doing it hot and fast, she yeah. is finding that yeah. she's got to take it up higher than normal. I don't know that. I mean, for me, um, I've always shot for around two or three, 203, 205, over 200 in that range. Used to be I would go for 190, but I have found getting up over 200 gives me a little more tender. But um, tenderness is dependent on gelatinizing the connective tissues. And the connective tissues, um, uh, collagen and elastin are the most common. 
Uh, elastin is nasty. That's the really tough stuff. That's what we call gristle. Collagen melts and turns to gelatin, and that makes it rich and unctuous. And that takes time, not just a matter of temperature. It's time and temperature, and they're related to each other. And so the, it always comes down to the question, um, do you shoot for 203? A lot of the old pros who talk about cooking brisket talk about the wobble, the wobble, wobble, you know, the, yeah. how it wobbles and feel and pushing the, the needle or the, you know, the probe in and you can feel by touch rather than just the temperature. But we do know that time, it takes time to melt all that connective tissue. And I think, you know, a lot of us spritz uh, or baste uh, because we think it's adding moisture or flavor, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really, I mean, you're not, your apple juice is not going to penetrate very far into meat. Meat is pretty saturated with, with liquids. Uh, it may moisten the surface a little, but what it does is it cools the surface and then the moisture evaporates that reduces the temperature of the surface that is an absorption of energy and so basting or spritzing prolongs cooking hmm. um and and that makes it you know a longer cook which will help with the um the breakdown of collagen um, and mm. I don't know which side of the fence I fall on. I wish I had a better answer. Sylvia, you probably know better than I. You've probably cooked more briskets than I have because you compete. Um, but, uh, you know, you got guys like Myron who cook well over 300, I think. And then you've got old fuddy-duddies like me who still like to hang down around 225, 250. And both sides win. Um, uh, and it, 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 it's, it's, and, and then there's the, 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 the Texas crutch wrapping it in foil, um, and how that affects flavor. So it's really a very complex set of physics and chemistry and meat science going on in there. And, um, we can guess what exactly it is. I don't think anybody really knows for sure. All right, Michael Savino asks you to clarify your position on wrapping ribs. What portion of the cook and for how long? Okay. I'm a backyard cook, and most of my followers and readers are backyard cooks. Me too. And if I was a competitive cook, I would absolutely wrap. There's no question that uh, a measured amount of time, we'll talk about how long that could be or should be, in foil – does um, uh, tenderize slightly, uh, help the meat pull off the pork cleaner, um, and uh, uh, makes it a little bit moister. But there is quite a lot of fluid loss. You see it in the foil, and it absolutely destroys bark. Mm. And so it becomes a question of what you're after and what you're trying to do. I love bark, and for backyard cooking, I, my big issues are fire control, keep the temperature even, get a good rub on there, get some good meat that's relatively fresh, that's not going to have any kind of funky smells and flavors, um, a, a good sauce. And I don't wrap at all at home for friends and family. I make pretty darn good ribs wow. with a nice thin layer of bark, which I like. That's like little bits of pig candy. 
If I were competing, I absolutely would wrap. Now, the question is, is how long? And a lot of folks hang on to this 3-2-1 formula, which is three hours in the dry heat roasting, two hours wrapped in foil, and then you take it out and put it back in um, dry heat smoke roasting for another hour. Every time I've experimented with that, two hours is just way too long, and I don't think any competition cook um, puts it in foil for two hours. To, that really turns the meat to mush, I think. Um, uh, in the, I'm curious. We've got a, a nice crowd here in your in your live audience. Um, anybody there? Um, do the three, two, one, and uh, if you guys in the audience there, Sylvie, uh, Dave, uh, Josh. Dave how Qualls long do is in you there. Put, leave it in the wrap. Well, here's what I think. I think if it, it is also going to two hours is going to be way too much if you are doing loin back or baby back ribs. It's going to absolutely yes. annihilate them. Now, if you're using bigger St. Louis style spare ribs, you obviously have more meat to work with there. So longer in the foil would be potentially okay. But geez, two hours just seems yeah. excessive, especially if you're going to be in that 300 plus degree range, you're going to just overshoot. And mm -hmm. it seems like no time. Uh, Dave Bosk is saying no, he does not do two hours. Sylvie Curry saying uh, one hour most often in the foil, which is right around you know what I would do when I'm doing it at home with St. Louis yeah. style. I'll do it you know two and a half to three hours, and I actually do it more towards the color versus time in that first section too. Once I get the color I like, I'll do it 45 minutes, maybe an hour, depending on how they feel going into the foil. Just a very little bit of liquid in there, and then back out after that time just to tighten up a little bit, and off we go. But, geez, two hours seems like uh, one of those myths that you might need to press through <laughs> and uh, bust finally. I, I think that um, uh, most of the pros will be in that one-hour range. I'm yeah. in the 45. I, I said I don't do it, but I have done it many times um, just to come to the conclusion that for home cooking, I just don't – I don't know. I mean – for me, I think it probably adds 10%. Now, if you're going for the money, if you're competing against everybody else who've got that 10% edge, they're wrapping, you better do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know many cooks in the competition circuit who don't and win money. You just have to do it. But um, uh, I, I don't think my ribs are, are – are, 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 um, I mean, I'll settle for a 90 uh, out of 100 uh, uh, for serving at home. Uh, last question, Meathead, and I always appreciate the time. Uh, Ron Happ is wondering when AmazingSousVide.com is going to be <laughs> coming along. Is there any uh, potential that that's going to be happening? We talked to you and I about sous vide, and uh, um, Clint Cantwell, who came to us from the Kingsford website, um, has been doing the deep dive on sous vide Q, we call it. Um, without going into the lengthy uh, discussion of how sous vide works, it's a wonderful technique for low and slow cooking and not overcooking. But the food is cooked in a plastic bag, and when you take it out of the bag, it's butt ugly, and it doesn't have any kind of Maillard flavors from high heat browning. So the solution is, is you... Sear it, most folks who are doing sous vide like a steak, they'll throw it in a hot cast iron pan, and that works just fine. I like to throw it on, surprise, surprise, a hot grill. 
and get a little smoke flavor on it. And you can even throw it into a smoker at a low temp and then bring it out to a hot grill. You can do a lot of fun stuff coming out of the sous vide bag. Um, and Clint has been writing at length on sous vide Q. And as soon as we finish the migration to our new content management system, he's got an inventory of a lot more stuff on sous vide Q that we're going to be posting. Um, I think a lot of your audience is going to get a sous vide machine for Christmas. Mm. They're down under 200 bucks. A couple of them may be going down under 100 bucks by Christmas. Um, it's a fun technique. Um, I, the more and more I do it, the more and more I believe it's going to stick around. It'll be more popular, I think, than the Crock-Pot, but I don't think it's a great, great cooking method, and I am finding that I'm backing down. I'm not using it as much as I used to. Um, it, it, there, it, it can do some things badly. <laughs> I, I said at the beginning of this year that sous vide was going to be on the mm -hmm. downside. We might not even be talking about it four months from now. And no, I think, you, you underestimated uh, it, but I may I have overestimated well, it. Well, all right. We'll meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, in the meantime, you can visit amazingribs.com for all your questions. Meathead there, of course, ready to answer any questions you have. And if you haven't joined yet, why not spend 23 bucks or 24 bucks? join the, pit, uh, the Pitmasters Club as well. You can hear me do a weekly pitcast and join hijinks and tomfoolery and good information sharing with all the other members meathead always appreciate the time thanks so much good to see you again greg and uh you too uh centralites thanks a lot there he is it's meathead goldwood right here on the show doing what he does all guests on the barbecue the central show appear and... via the smithfield hotline and other stuff Yummy. there you go meathead goldwin bringing it as usual as he usually does and saying the, the thing that I took most out of that conversation was the fact that he said uh, no lump chark over him. Briquette. How about that? I, I'm a mixed guy myself. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll use charcoal briquettes for certain things. I'll use lump charcoal for certain things. I'm not so worried about rocks and electronics that meathead is. All right, folks, the CHOPS Power Injector System is the NBBQA 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year, also 2016 and 2017 Barbecue Tool of the Year. The number one seller is the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System, designed for competition or to pump up the backyard guy. Easy to use, clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go if you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do. You don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with a whole bunch of cool stuff. It's 100 bucks plus you pay shipping on top of that. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon size. Some use it in competitions like the Memphis in May World Championship. Or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. This one comes with a whole bunch of stuff as well. It's $120 plus you pay shipping on top of that. And then you have the CHOPS full power injector system. It's electric and is the commercial and competition big daddy. This one not a holding tank this time, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City, and he has said time and time again that with the CHOPS full power injector system, his briskets are better than ever. This one comes with a whole bunch of cool stuff at $325 plus. You pay the shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use the CPI system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest because here's the deal. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. 
And it's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon or cantaloupe, honeydew, pineapple? I should try pineapple. I like pineapple. Every injector hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories. You want them, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices? I got you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They even have a great upgrade you can buy to make your chops injector bulletproof. How about metal needle adapters? That's right. Chops power injector systems. Give your barbecue some power. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E.com. And check it out. You will literally wonder how you got away with injecting with one needle the first time you try the Chops power injector system. It's unbelievable. All right, we are back to wrap the show, uh, or the first hour. Stick around, be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, this portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one quality source for wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit cookapellets.com for more intro or to purchase. You can also buy out of Amazon.com. Chris Becker will be coming on shortly to introduce a whole new line of pellets. So that's very exciting. Looking forward to having Chris on, I believe, in two weeks' time. David Qual saying he's got to go get sunglasses because of the glare bouncing off my head. I understand. Thank you. Dave will be here all week. Be sure to tip your waitress. Uh, We're going to step away and reload for the second hour. And when we do it, we'll get some National Pro Barbecue Tour updates. And we will talk about what I ate on Saturday, and there's a sizzling video. In the meantime, let me tell you this. You are watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks, or the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Jimmy Burns from Melvern, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Folks, you've done an outstanding job by finding the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We're broadcasting right here from the good old Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city 
the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio. And we do it live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. It is being recorded, so after the show, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or any other podcast directory. Also, video archives up at the YouTubes and so forth. Still to come on this show this evening, former NFL tight end Reggie Kelly. Boom. Also, the pork princess herself at 1035, Emily Detweiler from Smithfield. So looking forward to that. Uh, the National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club rolled into South Windsor, Connecticut this past weekend. This was a local event that sends the top six teams to the Richmond, Virginia Regional Final. That takes place at the end of this month on August 26th. And those teams are, in particular order, GC, or first place, Insane Swine Barbecue, 677.09, Reserve Grand Champion, Pork Butt Paradise, oh yeah, 674.2, number three, Smokin' Hogs Barbecue, Massachusetts, fourth place, Moon River Barbecue, fifth place, Chicken Chokers, and 6th place, Apocalypse Now. Again, 677, almost 677.1, took Grand Championship, and it was roughly 10 points between 1 and 6, and close-ish in between all the other levels between 1 and 6. So I think if you go back and look, if I'm not mistaken, historically in the New England area, and then down into the you know mid atlantic area scores are much less on the overall totals or lower not much lower but let's say noticeably lower oh god than you would find in some of these other places so oh what a nightmare is going on here with my camera Blech. So 677 in Kansas, in Oklahoma, and some of these other places probably doesn't cut it, but I'm wondering if these teams go with that product to other areas, if the scores actually get better. Anybody have thoughts on that? I'm just wondering out loud. John Dawson weighing in. Remps on the uh, IBCA banning of pellet cookers, by the way. Remps, the IBCA pellet cooker ban talk is about as serious as the possibility of North Korea's Lil' Kim nuking us. I'm a man! <laughs> well, all right. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty worried about that, by the way. I'm, I'm pretty worried that North Korea is going to be bombing us. Uh, the next National Pro Barbecue Tour event takes place this coming weekend in North Charleston, South Carolina. So they will run it down the East Coast. South Carolina. So good luck to everybody competing in that. Of course, the top six will move on to the Richmond, Virginia regional final as well. Now, I mentioned last week that the Rub podcast had me on as a guest, and we talked about the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and we talked about who may or may not be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, but mostly we talked about how are people getting picked to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, especially since every year you're getting asked for submissions on 
who you think would be a good idea to have submitted. But more importantly, who are those submissions going to? Is it one person? Is it a panel of seven or eight or 15 people or 50 people? And when are they convening? And is everybody seeing the submitted list of people for the Barbecue Hall of Fame? And then once they have that list, how do they go through and weed out who's going to make into the final cuts? Are there cuts? I don't know. Nobody seems to have any idea. Meathead said just the past hour, what is happening in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? How does anybody know? I don't know. The International Barbecue Cookers Association, or IBCA, is getting ready to unveil the IBCA Barbecue Hall of Fame. So now there are different barbecue halls of fame. Now I can tell you with the IBCA that you have to be a member of the IBCA in order to be voted into that Hall of Fame. It does seem to be a little bit more transparent, but for this other Barbecue Hall of Fame, which I don't think is necessarily sanctioned body-specific, nor should it be because up until this year, you know, celebrities were allowed in and then there were business people and all this stuff. So I'm still more concerned with no transparency on how it's being done. And I still continue to request interviews on this show saying, how is this happening? So another discussion for another day. Saturday, this past, I was a few streets over in beautiful Wycliffe, Ohio, over at uh, Tony and Teresa Galliotto's house. Shout out to Tony Jr. and Dominic, by the way. That's right. Now, uh, since I am in the complete position of transparency, and it's what I demand, I know the Galliotos because my oldest daughter is dating their youngest son. So as a man, I have to hate that. But he's a good enough kid, and the parents are great. Uh, the whole family is very nice. So we went over, and had, I made Atomic Buffalo Turts. Uh, I believe... They had had one or two of them that I had sent over with like a plate months ago, but this is the first I made like in mass, like 55 atomic buffalo turds. You know what they look like. And they went way quicker than I expected, and they were all gone, which was uh, very humbling to me because when I was slicing all the jalapenos in half, I had like 50 halves. I'm looking at it going, there's just no way that everybody's going to eat all of these, and I was worried about wasting, and I was going to take 10 or 15 off, nevertheless. We had Hungarian goulash that uh, Teresa made. It was absolutely outstanding. I had realized at that point that whatever goulash my mom was making was uh, not goulash or was whatever version of goulash that was. It seemed like baked spaghetti uh, with elbow macaroni, but it was made on a Dutch oven over campfire, so it was very cowboy-esque, and it was very delicious. Uh, the dumplings that we put in it were great, but it had the beef and vegetables, almost like a soup, I guess. But then and then there was, I'm going to show you pictures here, and I got a video. There was this. Uh, I don't, I'm going to I'm gonna forget the bacon. Is it semola bacon? Senola bacon? I'm going to show you pictures of that here. So here you go, uh, and I apologize if you're just getting the audio on this, but there is a basically a long table full of condiments. So you have cucumbers, you have hot peppers, you have a salsa, you have chopped onion, you have diced tomato, 
everything that's seasonal. They have this great Hale Bay garden in their backyard that I would imagine most of these things are coming from, if not all of them. And then you have really big, thick-cut Italian bread that we got at Alessio's Market over in Eastlake. Uh, I'm sorry, over in uh, Willowick. And let me show you another picture here. So this is the bacon. That, and now look, I mean, it all looks like fat to me, right? But tasty fat. So you take, so you, here's what you do. You, you get your bread together, all the stuff on top of it. Then the rendering of the bacon starts to happen. So you take that bacon and you put it into these, look like a hobo pie makers. So she's got six, seven pieces of bacon in there. Then you close the top. Then you put it over the fire here. It's this nice big campfire ring that's going on and the bacon starts to render. Oh, what are you going to do with that bacon after it starts to render? Well, whatever any normal human being would do after you have that big, thick cut of Italian bread with all the goodies on it, you do this. Oh, okay. So that's what it looks like finished. I'm sorry. A lot of buildup for terrible execution. You do this. Look at that. Oh, that's the bacon fat going over the top of the bread. Oh, we're eating it. Oh, dear. Look at that. Here it is coming again. Look at it. Here it comes. Oh, just drizzling and bubbling and sizzling over the top, adding a delicious layer of flavor. Oh, one more time. Here it comes. Oh, boo. Oh, delicious. So we had a great time, a lot of adult beverages, a lot of storytelling, very fun. Look at that. Oh, right over the top of that. So good. So again, shout out to Tony and Teresa and the whole family for having us and the fatty bacon bread, vegetable bread that I'm calling it now. Also, shout out to Aleshi's Italian Grocery and uh, Paolo out there. Paolo. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Sometimes buying a new cooker can be nerve-wracking. So might I suggest a pit barrel cooker? You know, you got a lot of versatility here because the versatility is all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food right in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. Here, it breeds consistency. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's extremely portable. It fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. Also, thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. Of course, all barbecue, all barbecue, all barbecue folks love accessories, and the pit barrel doesn't disappoint here either. You got the rubs, the stainless steel rub shakers, unique removable ash pan, coffee mugs beer koozie, pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates, the list goes on to complete your pit barrel cooking experience. Here's the best part, for $299, the pit barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and ships for free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free, but everything ships for free because they have so few returns. That's to the lower 48 states, by the way. Each and every day, no promo code, no coupon needed. Don't take my word for it. The folks at Amazing Ribs continue to sing its praises for four years in a row. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com, see what everybody's talking about, and be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two for yourself. Great capacity, easy to use. 
If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually talk. Find out what great customer service is all about by hitting pitbarrelcooker.com. That's pitbarrelcooker.com. All right. Reggie Kelly coming up out of the break to talk new barbecue sauces, Kaivon 82, and maybe... Cleveland Brown football? God, let's hope. Stick around. I'll be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This segment brought to you by the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club. 31 cities, 500000 in cash, eternal bragging rights if you win the whole thing. This weekend, as I had mentioned, the 2017 Pro Barbecue Tour rolls into North Charleston, South Carolina. For a local qualifier to get more info on the tour, register your team to compete or check results, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour. That's kcbs.us slash samstour. All right, my first guest in the second hour enjoyed a 12-year career as a tight end in the NFL from 1999 to 2011, playing both for the Atlanta Falcons and Cincinnati Bengals. And tonight we catch up with him and some of his new products that are out on the market. If I feel the need for absolute pain, we might hit up some Cleveland Brown football too. So let's go ahead and race to the Smithfield hotline as we welcome back the creator of the Kaivon line of products. Reggie Kelly joining me here on the show. Reggie, how are you, Thank buddy? Thank you for calling me LLC and Kyvan Food. At the moment, we are currently uh, meeting uh, away from our desk. Please leave us a... Meetings? Hold on. Here we go. Reggie Kelly joining me here on the show. Reggie, how are you, buddy? I'm doing excellent, Greg. How are you doing? I'm absolutely fabulous. Always appreciate you making time for the show, Reggie, and... You know, it was, uh, I guess, about, let's say, three years or so since your first appearance on the Really Big Barbecue Show. So for the folks that maybe haven't combed all the way back through the archives and all that other stuff, if you don't mind giving us that elevator pitch on the Kaivan story, how it came about, the vision of the company, and and the products. Well, Greg, man, time time surely does fly, doesn't it? (laughs) No doubt. It seemed like only yesterday doing our interview, but man, three years, wow. Yep. Never imagined it. I would have thought in three years that the Browns would be doing much better, but we'll talk about that. Oh, later hell today. no, you did not say <laughs> it. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good guys, my name is Reggie Kelly. Number 82 on the field, hopefully number one in your heart. Played 13 years in the NFL with the Cincinnati Bengals and also the Atlanta Falcons. I started a food company called Kyvin Foods. But we service uh, our customers with different Barbecue sauces, seasonings, um, honey apple salsa, and things of that nature. Great for tailgating season, especially for this upcoming football season, guys. Uh, Reggie, you have a unique product and uh, business. So when you were in the NFL, was this something that 
you were working on in the side, or was this, you know, once you got out of football, then you kind of were able to, to breed this passion? Well, uh, you know, I never, I never intended to actually start a, foot, uh, a food line once I finished football. You know, actually, I was thinking, you know, once I finished the game of football, I wanted to transition or segue into the front office of an NFL franchise, and that was my goal. Uh, but while I played, um, when I played in the NFL, I loved giving back to the community, loved giving back to kids. So I used to throw free football camps um, for the kids in my hometown of Aberdeen, Mississippi. Um, I threw those football camps to reward the kids who exemplify great academic excellence. So I threw them a free football camp. I invited some of their favorite NFL stars to come down and, and also to surprise the kids. And in Mississippi, as it is in most places, you can't have any event Greg, without having what great food, and so my family cooked for all the volunteers and including my teammates, and they couldn't stop raving about how good our family recipes were. And so they were the ones who encouraged me to take these, you know, my family recipes to market. So I did just that, and um, pitched the idea to some great retailers like Walmart and Kroger. They bid on it, thought it was some really good products. And the rest is history, Kyvin Foods. So I actually, while I was still playing during the offseason, I would go out and really work hard to expand the brand. So when I did retire, um, I had a smooth transition uh, from the gridiron to the cast iron. Reggie Kelly joining me here on the show, and we're talking about Kyvin Foods. It's kyvin82.com is the uh, website address if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Look, Reggie, it's no surprise to you, right, being in this business, and it seems especially over the past five, six, seven years or so that there has been an incredible influx of barbecue sauces and rubs and salsas and you name it. How do you get above what is tantamount to noise in this marketplace and become relevant? And perhaps more importantly than that, once you become relevant, how do you stay relevant? Well, um, you know, first of all, you know, you, you have to have a – a great product. Um, you have to have a, an innovative, unique product. And um, if you have those two things, then you have to have great customer service. Service. So you have to pay attention to the details. A lot of our products are very different. Um, we have a, um, a new sweet potato barbecue sauce, and I'm hoping that you would agree that that is an absolutely great barbecue sauce. That We were the first ones to formulate this product, the first ones to get it on the market commercially. And we do things like that from a sweet potato barbecue sauce to a honey apple salsa um, to an Asian fusion sauce. We try to really uh, go above and beyond, and that has worked for us. You know, when I played in the NFL with the Falcons, I was a rookie coming into this league, and I had a veteran by the name of Terrence Mathis. He was a great all-pro receiver. Mm-hmm. Played a long time in the NFL for the Atlanta Falcons, and Terrence told me, he said, Reggie, if you do the little things right – in the NFL, then the big things will follow. You know, obviously, I didn't really care to listen to what Terrence was saying at the time. You know, I was a young, snotty-nosed rookie just trying to come <laughs> in and just dominate the field, right? So I could care less with, to, you know, what he was saying. But it took me a few bumps, a few bruises, a few times I got knocked on my behind. And then those words popped into my head again. If you do the little things right, the big things will follow. So, So that's what I did. I started focusing on being a tight end. You know, you have to have great footwork, great leverage, great hands. I actually started focusing on those little things that ended up carrying me into a 13-year career. So I carry those same things that Terrence taught me on the football field and this barbecue market, and it has given me um, 
a really great platform. It has helped me expand my brand by paying close attention to the details, doing the little things right, being innovative, knowing which group of people to market my product to, the right demographics, having great customer service, actually listening to my customers and trying to do whatever I can to please them. Even if they're wrong, the customer is always right. And, Greg, I tell you, that has paid great dividends for them. Reggie, not to get off base here, but just wanted your thoughts. You know, when you were down in Atlanta, obviously that's a, a, a pretty decent barbecue hotbed. Might actually be overlooked as far as how good the barbecue is down there. Mississippi, obviously known for barbecue. Are you surprised on the whole from a very high level how much popularity and interest you are seeing not only from a competitive side of the barbecue circuit, but just from the backyard warriors like myself and my neighbors are seeing here over the last five, ten years? No, you know, um, I think that everybody loves barbecue. I think that, uh, you know, it's a really popular condiment. You know, everybody wants to be a grill king. Um, everybody wants to have bragging rights, especially as mentioned, we're the best barbecuers. And so um, I think that that just is, is in our nature to love uh, great products, to love especially barbecue. I mean, I grew up, you know, in a, with a family of, of cooks, not chefs. So we would make any excuse, Greg, just to get together and, and, and pull out the grill and see who was the best grill master. Depending on what, which day, depending on how the wind blew, depending <laughs> on, <laughs> you know what I mean, which, who would be the winner. And so, no, I, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I actually love barbecue, and my family does as well. Everybody I come in contact with predominantly love um, this condiment as well. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. All right, Reggie, so let's go ahead and talk about the three new products that you sent my way to try. There was uh, cherry barbecue sauce, apple barbecue sauce, and then the sweet potato pie barbecue sauce. So two two of these I can easily see in the sauce realm. Cherry easily, plenty of cherry rubs out there right now that could go especially good with. Same with apple. We'll get into those here in a minute. Reggie, as much as you want me to love sweet potato pie (laughs) barbecue sauce, I have to ask... Where did the genesis of this idea come from? Out of the three, it was my least favorite. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I, I'm I'm always fascinated by ingenuity and idea and taking it from something in your brain to an actual product. And I wanted to see how that unfolded for you. Well, you know, um, the name is, is – is, is, let me put it like this. Yep. The name can, can either draw – consumers to it or either can push consumers away from it. When you think of sweet potatoes, there's no way you would think of a sweet potato barbecue sauce. Sweet potato souffle, sweet potato pie, sweet potato casserole, but never in a million years would you think of sweet potato barbecue sauce. Right. But one of the reasons why we, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, Greg, is we wanted to bring an all-natural, somewhat of a healthier barbecue sauce um, to consumers, especially kids um, in, in the school districts. And so what we want to do is right now, sweet potatoes are known as the most healthiest, one of the most healthiest foods in the world. So we want to capitalize that. And sweet potatoes are trending right now. And I'm hoping that this trend will never end. Sweet potatoes are trending. You see now sweet potato French fries in almost every restaurant you go to. Right. It wasn't like that some years ago. Uh, sweet potato chips, sweet potato biscuits, sweet potato rolls. And so we want to capitalize on the sweet potato market. And what better market to capitalize on? as we just spoke about a little bit earlier, than the barbecue sauce market, which is the market that predominantly, for the most part, everybody likes. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to bring something a little bit different, a little bit healthier, but yes, has a lot of flavor to it. 
And if we could capitalize on even the school district selling this product to school district where they can use it and serve their kids, giving them some healthier options instead of a lot of barbecue sauces with high fructose corn syrup and, you know, a lot of other um, bad additives, we want to give them something different. And so far, so good. It has been a big hit. But I have noticed, though, some people are drawn toward it. But then again, some maybe like you, Greg, may say, ah, I mean, I stick with the honey. I, I got to be honest. You know, the, the name, I was very excited. And truth be told, my second favorite pie is sweet potato pie when it's made right. So, nice. I mean, I was I was a fan <laughs> right from the get-go until I tasted it, and then my fandom kind of dwindled a little bit. But uh, <laughs> the apple and cherry. So here's what I don't – I'm so I'm more apprehensive when I see – apple or cherry or peach like the fruit flavors because there can easily be that fake taste but not in either of these good texture in both good viscosity there was some nice heat in the apple i thought the cherry was hands down my favorite because like the flavor was in it was like in the background so you knew what you had there but it wasn't an overpowering fake flavor and i'm wondering how you're able to overcome that hurdle is that basically getting it down with the co-packer and saying, hey, I'm not going to be a party to fake fruit flavor to save a few bucks here or there. How does that conversation take place, and how do you come up with these flavor profiles? Well, well the first thing is I told my you know, my, my co-packer that I wanted good premium ingredients. So I didn't want the cheap stuff, and the cheap stuff, you know, you can taste the cheap stuff. I wanted them to, to make these products, these three products, with good premium ingredients. Uh, that's one thing. I didn't want to slack on the ingredient list as well. If you go and look at the ingredient list, Greg, um, especially on the honey apple barbecue sauce, I use, I think, close to 30 raw ingredients Mm -hmm. in this particular barbecue sauce because I didn't want it to be just your average, everyday bland barbecue sauce. And the second thing, I had to go back and forth with my R&D department to make sure that they got this product exactly right. You know, when they first sent me some samples, you know, after I sent them the recipe, they sent me some samples back. I didn't like it. So I had to go back and forth until I knew that this product would be a big hit. And I don't ever like to put any product on the market just to put it on the market. I want to make sure if I do put it on the market that consumers are really going to like it, that they're really going to enjoy it. And if they're going to pay their money for it, I definitely want them to get the bang for their bucks. And so that's that's how I that's my thought process leading into any product that I make. And I'm definitely glad that you enjoy both of those. The website, again, by the way, is kyvan82.com. That's K-Y-V-A-N-8-2.com if you want to check it out. Um, yeah, so flagship product-wise, what do you think the Kyvan brand is is most known for? Our honey apple salsa. Our honey apple salsa is the product that we started our food line with. Most consumers know Kyvan foods uh, from that particular product. If you go anywhere in Cincinnati or Atlanta, Mississippi, if you say Kyvan Foods, they're going to say, yeah, that's the brand that makes the honey apple salsa. And that's what we're known for. We sell that product not only in Walmart stores and Kroger stores. We also sell it, you know, to restaurants and hotel chains that serve their customers as well. It is a hit. And the reason why that product is a hit, again, we use premium ingredients, Mm -hmm. but you can pretty much use it on everything, Greg. I mean, we can make salsa burgers with it, put it on our hot dogs, make our chili with it, pizza. Um, shucks, meatloaf glaze. I mean, the whole nine, and it is an absolute treat. We call it our salsa with soul, baby. Oh, it's it's an it, absolute it, fantastic it, 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 product. It, 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 Love the flavor. So it's it's is, certainly good. Love it. 
Appreciate it. So that's our go-to product, man, and we absolutely love it. And uh, Chuck, it's been a family secret for so long, and so long, and I'm glad to bring it to the market to consumers. All right, Reggie, let's transition for the last couple minutes over to some football real quick. You know, over the past few years especially, there's been a ton of relevant medical information showing the dangers of football and playing it regardless of what level you're playing it at. I mean, you have uh, – I believe you have a son as well. Um, mm-hmm. Are you down for letting him play or are you apprehensive? I mean, it's it's kind of a weird question. That's a guy who made his living playing on Sundays. Uh, would you be apprehensive to let your son play? But – Seeing what you see and knowing what you know now, what do you think? Well, you know, it's it's really not you know um, a, a weird question, Greg. You know, I'm you know I play football, but you know, I, football is what I did. Me being a father is who I am. Yeah. So there is a difference. And so, with that being said, yes, I'm very concerned about my son. I'm very concerned about his welfare. And, and like father, like son, he wants to play football. I mean, he's <laughs> been pretty much hounding me. <laughs> For the past, I don't know how many years, and he's only 11 years old, but he wants to get out there on the gridiron. He wants to suit up and go forward gear and um, and do tackle football, but I'm holding him back as long as I can. And and the reason why is because, I, you know, I don't have a problem with parents, you know, starting their kids young, but there's so many different researches that's showing that, you know, when kids start at a younger age, they're susceptible to a lot of injuries, a lot of concussions, and so – you know, when they get to a certain age, their bodies are a little bit more mature to handle that type of a pounding um, that they are enduring. Now, granted, there are kids, so they're not hitting that hard, but yet and still, they still may bump their head on the ground or a helmet hit a knee, and you just never know what type of injuries that that can cause. So I'm trying to hold them back as long as I can. You know, I try to, I try to, try to tell my son, listen, you don't want to start too young because if you start too young, you may wear out the tread on yep. the tires, yep. so to speak. If I if I can hold you back a little bit longer, when you get to high school and college, you want coaches to say this kid still has a lot of potential left in him. Therefore, you know that you still be on the rise instead of plateauing out because you're burnt out. So that's my that's my key message to him. That seems to resonate with him a little bit more. So I'm gonna stick with it, ride it as long as I can, Greg. Do you think that he? <laughs> Like he understands who you were in the NFL and uh, how productive you were and, and what an integral part of the teams that you played for aren't. That's kind of big shoes for him to fill. Maybe he doesn't understand it now, but I mean that's that's got to be kind of a, a whole different battle for him to to overcome aside just from the health stuff. Well, you know, um, he, he understands it because he was of age when I was in Cincinnati, so he did go to, to the games and he did cheer me on. And even when I played my last year with the Falcons, so he understands it and. You know, uh, my thing is that, you know, I've told my son and I tell my daughter as well, listen, listen, dad doesn't mind or doesn't care whatever you do in life, just as long as you give your very best and be productive at it. You know, do do your very best, be productive. Um, you know, you don't have to perform to please your dad. You don't have to play football because I play football. Do whatever you want, but be produ- be a productive citizen. Do the very best you can. And, you know, dads don't always have your back. So I think that when you are an athlete, a lot of times we as athletes, we love for our kids to do what we uh, did, especially NFLers. We love to see our sons out there doing the same thing that we did, playing the same positions that we played. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that could put a lot of pressure on, on kids. Um, I don't want to be like that. I want my kids to enjoy being a kid. They got plenty of pressure when they become adults, right, Greg? Oh, don't so know. why they're kids. <laughs> So while they're kids, be kids, enjoy, 
And again, I always have this point to him. You do not have to perform for dad to love you. I love you because you're simply my kid. And just go out and just be the best you can and enjoy life. All right, so here's the worst question I have to ask, and it's painful for me, and it's probably going to be great for you. But, you know, Reggie, last year the Browns were one loss away from me not having to actually ask you this question, but they pulled a singular win out of their asses. So while it almost seems impossible, this season could actually be worse than last season because we could run the table in reverse. And I thought that if we could have gone 0-16 and last year, we could have at least gotten to whatever rock bottom is, and then it was only up from there, or at least couldn't get any worse. Brock Osweiler doesn't reek of a savior quarterback to me. There still isn't weapons aplenty that are on the Browns roster. So from your perspective, how miserable is this season going to be for a Cleveland Browns fan? Well, I, I will say this. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not against it being a miserable season for Cleveland. I will say that. <laughs> But I will say this as far as the AFC North. You know, I've always wanted it to be competitive. Uh, We have four really good ball clubs. The only thing is Cleveland, there's been so many different, you know, changes in the front office, so many different changes as far as with the coaches. It's hard for any team to to establish some type of success rate when you have all those changes because every coach wants their own player. Every coach has their certain offense and defense that they're trying to run. You need certain players to run those offenses and defenses. And when you're changing coaches in and out, it just makes it extremely difficult to win. doesn't matter which, what franchise it is in the NFL. But I will say there's one good thing that you guys do have for going for you. It's Hugh Jackson. Now, Hugh used to be my receivers coach in Cincinnati. And I tell you, man, we absolutely love him. He's a people's person. He's a motivator. And if anybody can get this Brown team going, Browns team going, I'm telling you, Hugh Jackson can. So I am a fan of you guys from that standpoint. I love Hugh. Uh, when Hugh left Cincinnati and went to Atlanta, he actually, you know, recruited me to come down there as well. And I took a trip down there just because he went down there. So hmm. there's something to be said for that type of a motivator. And um, you know, I wish you guys the best of the, you know, the best of luck, except for two games, obviously. But you know, you never know. You never know. I think that you guys have a chance as long as he's as long as he's the head coach. Reggie Kelly is the creator of Kyvan Products. You can check him out at Kyvan82.com. We'll have the link in the show notes, of course. Reggie, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Greg, I appreciate it, man. Continued success and God bless. Appreciate it. There he is. Reggie freaking Kelly right there. Oh, yes, on the Barbecue right. Central show here by the Smithfield Hotline. Talking football, yeah, breaking man. down a little Cleveland Browns for us. I mean, I think he's being very nice. Uh, I mean, we I have picked Cleveland to finish uh, with no more than two wins this season. <laughs> and that might be generous. Generous. That's right. Kinger, a sad dream starts over year after year. You, no doubt. Cook Shack, folks, manufacturers smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. 
Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast, Eddie Morin. The FEC 100 and PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Don't forget the Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in their industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your Cookshack or anything you can cook in an oven you could make in a Cookshack. Passion, dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or call or visit cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. Emily Detweiler out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, this summer, Smithfield has partnered with the ultimate names in the grilling and barbecue industry to bring you amazing prizes. All you have to do is get grilling. Just grill, share, and score at smithfieldgetgrilling.com. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. You know, many of you have been emailing me about this Smithfield Get Grilling promotion that is going on right now, so I figured we should have the person who would know the most about it on this segment to close the show. We'll also cover the Smithfield Barbecue Class that took place this weekend. Let's head over to the Smokin' with Smithfield hotline and welcome back the pork princess herself, Emily Detweiler, joining me. Hi, Emily. Hello, Greg. How are you? I'm absolutely fabulous. Always appreciate you making time for us here on the show. And I guess before we get into the Smithfield Get Grilling promotion, I wanted to catch up with you a little bit about the inaugural Smithfield Barbecue Classic that took place in Smithfield, Virginia this past weekend. Obviously, there is a lot of logistics that have to be put in place and carried off in the right way in order for this event to work. So having had a few days away from it now, just from a high level, what kind of a, a post-mortem success are you looking at on this event? Well, Greg, let me tell you, it was amazing. And you're right. Pulling off uh, a contest like that from halfway across the country was certainly a feat. Um, so we could not have done it without our friends from Big Papa Smokers to help us uh, put on the event um, and also our team, so between our marketing and our public relations team and all of our folks out in the Smithfield, Virginia office really helping us bring it together, certainly uh, Josh Shook and Jonathan Jackson from our, our innovation center there who helped pull all of the meat and everything. It was truly a, a monumental feat to get something pulled off in such a short period of time, and it was truly amazing. So, um, again, huge thanks to those folks and also to Arlie Bragg for helping us um, get through all of that in such a short period of time. It was a great event. You know, we had 28 teams and, and a fairly stacked field. It was great, great teams coming out. We had about 13 kids participate in the kids' queue. Um, for our first time out there, we weren't really sure exactly how many consumers we would get, but we had over a 1,000 uh, people from the public that came out to participate. So all in all, wow. we were extremely pleased uh, with our very first event. When... You are tasked with this, like, 
When was the first time you guys had talked about putting it on to when it actually came off this past weekend? You know, we had we had talked about it in theory uh, for Oof. about seven or eight months. Um, and from the time we actually decided, you know, that we were really going to go after it in a big way, we probably pulled the whole thing off in about uh, five months total. Oh. So it, uh, you know, it came together very quickly. Emily Detweiler joining me here on the show, senior brand manager over Smithfield Foods. Of course, the website smithfieldfoods.com. Um, how does the brand watch this kind of an event? You know, what needs to happen for them to feel like, hey, this is a win for everybody. We're going to keep kind of pushing into the barbecue world. What are they looking at benchmark-wise for success? You know, I think from a first-time perspective, we were just wanting to make sure that, first of all, we had a good showing of teams. Second of all, that we had a good showing of, um, you know, consumers that came out there. So I think from that perspective, we've definitely hit the benchmark. Um, You know, another kind of internal benchmark that I'll say that we were extremely pleased about, on Friday afternoon we had a chance to, uh, to show our office just, again, how awesome the love of, the spirit of barbecue is with some of our pitmasters coming over and we had about 160 of our employees that came out on a beautiful Friday afternoon to watch our our pitmaster videos uh, that we've created over the course of the last year and to me that was another huge sign of success because we had people that were literally walking up to Taylor Davis and myself afterwards saying you know thank you for for sharing with us what Smithfield as a company is doing um, and really helping tell our story to such a passionate audience. So, you know, again, I think we're really trying to hit a lot of different key areas, including the pitmasters, the consumers, but in my mind, an additional really important piece for us that happened this weekend was really engaging our own employees uh, to be able to get excited and, and go out there and share. And, you know, we even had about six employees that had their children come out and participate in the kids' queue. They had never done that before. They didn't even know that, you know, there were kids' queues as part of barbecue. And the fact that they did that and just absolutely loved it, um, you know, to me, again, those are great, great measures of success. Emily, I think for me and for a lot of other people that are kind of within this subculture, if you want to call it that, it's hard to believe that people don't really know what's happening on a weekend-to-weekend basis. Did you find that there was a decent percentage of folks that really didn't know that there were people going out and competing, doing barbecue on weekends, or, or were kind of just getting introduced to maybe a whole other thing that they didn't really know existed before? Yeah, I would say, you know, from from this perspective, it definitely weighs on the heavier side of people still don't know um, about the sport of barbecue. So, again, we, we continue to try to share that message just even with inside our organization uh, because, you know, again, there's just so many people that work within Smithfield that, that, that we want to share that story with. I actually just came from a work dinner this evening, and one of the gentlemen in our purchasing department he said you know what my brother competed out there this weekend at the smithfield barbecue classic and uh, he, this was one of his very first competitions um and you know he knew he had no chance of winning against a fairly stacked field <laughs> but he just had such a great time learning about it and really enjoyed the camaraderie of the other teams you know we had um 
Ernest Cervantes and his team came all the way from Texas, 32 hours each way wow. uh, to, to get to Smithfield. We had the Smoke and Hills from the Kansas City area, yep. you know, drive all the way out there from Kansas City, Kansas. And when you think about that, you know, to me, that shows not only did we have the opportunity to really share the spirit of what the guinea pig style format is all about with teams on the East Coast. But we had people that said, you know what? I love this format. I love this group. I'm all in. I'm going to drive that far to get there. And we genuinely appreciated that. So this is a guinea pig style event, cost controlled, need provided, deep payout. You know, I am not a competitor. I assume, you know, you're currently not out on the competitive barbecue circuit either, Emily, but holding Smithfield no. <laughs> out of the equation for a moment. Is this style of event something that is going to be needed to kind of take over in order to keep this competition barbecue thing accessible to the general public or masses? Or do you think that this could be kind of a new or different type of a circuit for people to get into that don't want to try their hand at that current setup? I think that's a great question. So what I'll say now that I've been through a few of these, what I will say is they are absolutely what is needed um, to keep competition barbecue exciting moving forward. Um, I will say also that they are a tremendous amount of work uh, to put on. So again, my hat is completely off to the folks at Big Papa Smokers that, that really helped put all of this on. There's so much that goes in behind the scenes to make sure that everyone literally gets the same quality and weight of meat and putting a lot of that um, discipline into the structure. So I, I certainly understand why it's today in its current form. You know, it may not be feasible to do every single competition this way, but I do think that longer term, you know, it's much more exciting to the people that, um, are maybe not in it as many times as 40 weekends a year. Mm. You know, you still have, a, in my opinion, what makes it great, a couple of things. You know, you have the opportunity to get the family back into barbecue, right? There's the kids' queue. There's the dessert. That's really the whole idea of making something bigger than just the four meat categories um, that are part of it. But I also think, you know, the other side of it is the cost-controlled and the idea of trying to... Um, pay deeper into the field. And, you know, that's really the spirit of what our grant is all about as well, because we want to inspire people to to get back out there and, and try again. And they may not be able to recoup their entire cost, but it feels a lot better to be able to pay down deeper into the field than just, you know, who wins top top place and second. So I think, um, you know, longer term, I think that is absolutely the way um, of what's going to be necessary to keep new people coming into the sport. Emily Detweiler joining me here on the show. Uh, Emily, in the beginning of the year, it was the Committed Cooks promo. It was also the grant program that you had just mentioned. Now there is this Smithfield Get Grilling promotion, uh, maybe $5,000 or so to win. So uh, can you explain this a little bit more in detail? Sure. So so our Smithfield Gate Grilling America program is really, it's more of our traditional backyard barbecue or summer grilling promotion. So we've had this going on really from the beginning of May, um, and it will go all the way through September as well. We've, we've set it up so that, um, you know, we have a microsite called smithfieldgetgrilling.com, and it's really meant to inspire, again, kind of that backyard or novice um, to, to get grilling more frequently 
Um, and from our perspective, we'd obviously like them to get grilling fresh pork a little more often uh, and get them to think about the numerous ways that you can enjoy fresh pork on the grill. So we've got all kinds of recipes and tips and tricks on our, on our site there. Um, and we've also had a contest going throughout the entire summer. So the current wave of the contest is called Grill It Like a Steak. So again, we're trying to get people to think about how amazing fresh pork can taste on the grill, just like beef. Um, and when you think about grilling pork, you know, it doesn't have to be scary. It can be just like the way you would cook, you know, or grill your beef on the, um, uh, on the grill. So that's the idea of what that's all about. You know, we're giving away about $5,000 at the end of the summer for folks that participate. So we've been, we've been touting our grill share score throughout the summer where if you upload a picture, you know, of you grilling with that theme for, for the wave, um, you can enter for a chance to win. So, you know, between now and August 22nd, if you share a photo of you grilling pork like a steak, um, you have a chance to win $5,000. I don't know if you've had the pleasure, Emily, but people do eat pork steak. I believe it is like a Kentucky specialty or something like that besides the pork chop sandwich, but a well-placed grilled pork steak is actually awesome. That never. does sound awesome. Have you that never, absolutely sounds awesome. Have you never had it? <laughs> have you never had it? I have had one. Yeah. No, I, I have had one. So my, my husband's family is from St. Louis, and I feel mm. like the pork steak originated in St. Louis. So, yes, I have had some of those. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I mean, you're obviously all over the place. Uh, you're in Virginia. You're uh, out there in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, of course. Where are you going to be at next? What are your travel plans? Well, you know, um, in terms of the next, from uh, from a barbecue standpoint, really, the next one up for me is the Royal, obviously, which I know that many of the listeners will be traveling from all over the country to get to. Yep. Fortunately, I only have to drive about 25 miles to get there <laughs> from uh from my home, um, which is probably the only one of the year, but uh, so I'll be at uh, I'll be at the Royal. We we also have that weekend uh, Bedford, Texas. So we've got a contingent of folks who will be down there as well, um, and that's part of our Get Grilling America mobile tour. Certainly, we'll be sponsoring the Jack again this year. So really want to say congratulations to all of our friends and pitmasters who either had autos or or had their Bungs pulled and had the opportunity to get to the jack this year, whether it was their first time or, you know, their 10th time. It's, it's always exhilarating to get a call to go to the jack. So excited about that. And then last but definitely not least, uh, King of the Smoker, the first weekend of December out in Palm Spring. You know, that's just by far the best of the best and such an amazing experience. So we will definitely be there again this year. I'm going to see if Sterling will let me come out this year. Oh, I think he would be more than happy to. And, you know, Greg, if nothing else, you can tell him that you're my guest. Oh, all right. Well, that that, uh, that should give me all the pull I need, I believe. That's it. I'll bring I the so. closing hammer to the deal table. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Emily Detweiler at Smithfield Foods. She's the senior brand manager and uh, just got done with a very successful uh, Smithfield Barbecue Classic. Emily, always appreciate the time and the sponsorship of the show. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. There she is. The pork princess herself. Emily Detweiler. All guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. 
So, uh, A, learning a lot of logistics go into putting on a barbecue competition. And I would echo those sentiments. I mean, whoever is putting on barbecue competitions, if you've never been to one, go find the nearest one and just watch what's happening. Like, everything else, aside from what the competitors are doing, I mean, that's certainly fun, too. But, geez, a lot of stuff going on. All right. Speaking of Big Papa Smokers... Let me talk to you about them right now, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. They are known for their championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money. That's one of my favorites. Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Big Papa's offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. And whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for your family, Big Papa's Smokers Award-winning rubs and seasonings do not disappoint if you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue recipes. They've combined forces with fellow rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is now known as the West Coast Offense. In case you didn't know, over the last few years, the West Coast Offense has cornered the market on competitive barbecue and redefined the flavor profile that cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's is also the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce, which I like as well. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? How about Granny's? Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-related barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available on the market today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Meathead said that that's his favorite go-to cooker right now. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer on the internet and even offers special packages. If you're not a fan of the pellet cookers, you can try the old Hickory Ace BP. It happens to be the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition barbecue trailer. And if a backyard barbecue enthusiast is what you're looking for, how about a durable, versatile grill that will last forever? The M-Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. It's clear, folks, that Big Papa's is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of barbecue master Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. You can call them toll-free at 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-S-M-O-K-E-R-S.com. All right, we're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, thanks again to Emily Detweiler for joining me this past segment, talking about the Smithfield Get Grilling promo and recapping the Smithfield Barbecue Classic over at Smithfield, Virginia. John Dawson weighing in again. Reggie was great. Remps, Reggie was an excellent guest. Zero attitude. 
Great head for business. Even better head towards his kits. Dude brought it real and strong. John? Agreed. Good dude. Solid dude. Follow him on the social medias. By the way, the website, Kyvan, K-Y-V-A-N-8-2, like the numerals, 82, Kyvan82.com if you want to check him out. Smithfieldfoods.com or smithfieldgetgrilling.com if you want to try your hand at $5,000 chance. Find out what the theme is for that particular wave of entries and then take a picture of you doing what the theme is. And for your modicum of effort, you could win $5,000. Who doesn't need $5,000? It's paying more than most GCs. A barbecue competition's got to be easier, right? No doubt. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up all the way back in the first hour. Meathead Goldwyn joined me on the show as he does the second Tuesday of each month. Then in the second hour, it was Reggie Kelly, Kyvan Foods, Kyvan82.com. Talked about his new sauces. Two of the three I was a fan of, not sweet potato pie. That's all right. Can't win on all of them. Although the apple salsa is just tremendous. Emily Detweiler helped me close the show. Big show lined up next week. So be ready for that. Catch me up on the social medias in between. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.